this isn't clear, all the other ones will never be clear to you. Yeah? They may be clear to you, but the you isn't clear. Yeah? So no matter how clear you are about what's screwing you, you're still screwed. Yeah? Because the you's still in place. And you can be screwed in heaven or hell. The bondage of self isn't predicated by the circumstances. The bondage of self precedes the circumstances. Yeah? The feeling of being you precedes the circumstances that the you is suffering from. So already the bondage is in place. Yeah? This just exasperates it or decreases it, but the basic bondage is always in place. Yeah? Because there's a sense of being you. And the sense of being you is projected backwards as if it's prior to everything that happens. That you're here already and then things show up. And then you have a dance with things and then they leave, but you seem to always be here in one's life. Yeah? You become the Alpha and the Omega. Well, that is because of the location of the body. That has nothing to do with the you. The you is like, I would say, the me. And it's just a mental abstraction yeah? that finds like a, a perch to land on and to nest the body. Yeah? But it is not the body. Yeah? It's identified with the body. Yeah? The body is in itself, let's say, a you. It has its own functioning. It has its own effects and causes here. It has its destiny here. Yeah? And then there's the I that I would say is what reigns supreme, which is sort of like the open sky in relationship to all the clouds called our bodies. Yeah? All the U's appear like clouds in that open sky of I. Now, in that situation of the U, which seems to be manifesting, and there's events are occurring and deeds are being done, but there's no individual U doing it, an individual U would be me. Yeah? An individual U would be taken to be me. Yes? Me as a do and a have. A Buddha said that, you know, events are happening, deeds are done, but there's no individual doer thereof. Yeah? So here's this me, and it takes, really, if you watch it, it claims to have the qualities of the I, but through a body. So now, if, when, when the seeing is noted, if there's a feeling that it's you seeing, you as a body, I'm seeing, yeah? It's like, that's what happened when my, that guy Uncle Fred died for me when I was young. He didn't die for me, he just died, yeah? <laughs> died for me. <laughs> Thank you, Uncle Fred. He died for me. <laughs> but when I went by the casket and I looked in and I saw that body, I had a very strong hit. I was only nine years old, but a very strong hit that that was an Uncle Fred. Now, what caused that? Where every time when I'd see him vertical and animated, that never came up. It only showed up when he was inert, you know, and horizontal. There was something obvious that I wasn't seeing before when it was absent, yeah? When it was absent, I could recognize it. Hey, that ain't Uncle Fred. While it was present, I could call it Uncle Fred as a body, but when that energy left, wherever it, whatever it did, then by its absence, I realized the body was not Uncle Fred because there was the body but really, something was gone that I would say was more Uncle Fred than anything else. Yeah, I don't say it goes anywhere. It's just not. It's not animating the body. Yeah? But the reason why, in hindsight, is because I was taking myself to be a body. 
So, of course, I projected this identity onto every other you. I thought you were the body, yeah? So instead of trying to get over everyone being a body, just get over this. <laughs> See, if you start here, it will, it will be, it will be uh, impressed upon everything else, yeah? It's sort of like when Ramana says, instead of giving up your possessions, Ramana Maharshi, he says, why not just give up the possessor, you see? There's thousands of possessions that people can have and lose, but there's only one possessor, and it's not a you, it's me, yeah? Whatever you is sitting there, and that I has been co-opted and identified with the body you, you call it me, yeah? When you ask yourself, who am I, you say me. That's the mental processes, bastardization of what's happening here. The I and the you are wedded, and they turn into a me. And there's only one me, yeah. seemingly. Yes? Even though when, if you took a picture of 800 yous, it'd be very hard to find the me in it. <laughs> there wouldn't be, oh, there's one me. That's a very rare species. I see it. See the me? No? It would all look like yous. And if there was eight billion of them, it would all look like yous. <laughs> but every one of them, I would say, who knows, but most of them are probably sitting there and in this, this incredible mental separation, they are separated from the yous because they're a me. Yes. This is called self-centeredness. The whole root of the system that seems to be driving us crazy. The whole root of it is exactly how the statement how it how it's said, self-centered. Yeah. Now, to try to get out of the me is another form of being in me. Yes? Trying to learn about the me is trying to learn about a phantom. You might as well just realize it's a phantom and give up the pursuit of learning. Because what it's all going to boil down to is it's a phantom. The more you learn about it, you realize there isn't anyone there. Yeah? It all distills into one very, very potent whack, which is, hey, I'm not that. Yeah? The mind wakes up, it comes out of that little self-centered shoebox, and it expands. Yeah? And it doesn't expand in time, it expands, it doesn't even expand, its size is timeless. Yeah? That's why you feel bigger when you get out of yourself. Yeah? Be it service, or surfing, or sex, or whatever it is that can pull your attention and interest out of this orbit of you as the planet Paul, and then let that interest and attention explore. It's that feeling of being available and open that comes from what we call getting out of self. What would happen if the mind had detained it could never have been in self? Then getting out of self, which is held as an experience that, though rather infrequent, is a, something I'd like to have, can turn into a state. It's possible to live it as a state. I'm not that. Not as an experience, because if you have an experience that I'm not that, you're going to have an experience that you are that. Yeah? The experiences will be both ways. They'll be dualistic in nature. So you have the experience you're not that, and then you'll have the experience that you are that. And if you weigh down the experiences, I say the experiences of you being that will be about 90-something percent, and you have the experience of not being that will be about 5 or 8 percent. Yeah? Not a good deal. If that's really what you, what you want to do is get out of self, why not just in, entertain what believes it's in self? Yeah? 
What's so busy trying to get relief from an imaginary problem? I would say that's the activity of the problem called being identified as a self. Yeah? It's a movement we're identified as. We're not identified as a thing. Yeah? The me does not really seriously take itself to be a body. It says it's in a body, I'm a long-lasting soul that's traveling through this body, yes? This is my body, it may claim it, but it doesn't have a very, very, really, really complete feeling of being a body. That's why it gets pissed off about the body. When the body doesn't look the way it thinks it wants to look, or doesn't hold up when it wants it to hold up, and can't reach the heights it wants it to reach, yeah? To me, I'm, my mind was pissed as hell about being in a body. Most of the time. <laughs> Seriously. I was damn freaking angry. It was limiting my moves, man. <laughs> it was like stifling where I wanted to go. <laughs> but because its only relevance is this anchor, it has to put up with this drag of being identified as a body for it to take any kind of sense of reality. Yeah. So the me uses the body like it does with everything else. Whatever it comes in contact with, it takes advantage of, yeah? See, if there was a sense of the you, even the you more than the me, you would have a lot more compassion to others. You'd realize you could actually open up a door to learn from others. Because you'd see there's absolutely no real difference. We're all freaking youths, in a sense. Yeah? And we are all the I. So, this idea of being terminally unique, which I found was one of the main ingredients of alcoholism, this incredible sense of no one thinks the way I think, and no one feels the way I feel, and how can anyone help me? They don't understand me. No one's done the heinous things that I've done. It's such a crock of bull, you know? But in that sense of terminal uniqueness, you're totally shut off from any help. Yeah? And the, the, the distance between thoughts and feelings and, and uh, all of that, there's no distance because the my is like a tracking beam. You just suck that thought in to my thought. And instead of letting it come and go, it now orbits. Yeah? It's put into an orbit around you. It's almost like we built a galaxy with us as the, so, as the sun and all the other ones are in our gravitational pull. We bitch about their effects, but it's our gravitational pull that's holding them in place. Yeah? It's the my that produces your experience of a feeling. It's the my that allows thoughts, that, that adds so much weight to thoughts. If you had a thought go through the head and was held as a thought, it would come and go. Yeah? Everything would like a light, but there would be no ink tattoos. There would be no thick footprints. Everything would land, have its effect, and move on. Yes? You would be fluid. Your, your attention and interest would be fluid. It would be open to go this way or that way, up and down, this and that. It would free from this this obsession or bondage to this idea of being a self, which puts it into an orbit. Yeah? Or like my friend would say, that self-centered loop. Yeah? It goes out, runs into things, and comes back to a thing. 
and yet its innate nature is of nothingness, and I imagine it has a, a strong pull to land in nothingness, which means it never lands. It's always moving in the nothingness, yeah? But instead, it's, it's, it's put into this like loop of slavery from thing to thing, yeah? You becoming the central alpha and the omega thing called me, and then everything else happens, and it happens to you, yeah? But it's not held as it's happening to you, it's held as it's happening to a me. Yeah. So here you're sitting here, there's a sense of I. Yeah, you can sense it, let's say. And there's no need for a me to attach itself to that. There's no need for the me to go, oh, it's I'm sensing this. Yeah? There can just be the awareness of it. Yeah? When the me tries to arise, your, the, uh, the attention and interest becomes like a beam. It can't get distracted. Yeah? There's just the awareness of onness. The me wants to say, I'm the one, but there's uh, the immunity keeps it so down, it doesn't, it can't build any momentum. It's sort of like that, that old story about the great martial art master in uh, China. They were going to have this huge event where all the greatest martial artists would come and perform, and then the emperor and his crew would decide who was the greatest martial artist of all. So they had these people that could leap 40 feet and break things and unbelievable feats, had giant rings of brass, you know, 400 pounds each and doing all this stuff, incredible feats. And then near the end of the whole display, after a couple of days, this old guy came out and he had a bird in his hand, like a sparrow. And he just stood there in the middle of the whole area and he just stood there for like 10 minutes and the bird didn't move at all. So everyone thought, oh, he's just trained this bird. He's trained this sparrow. Yeah? And then he walked away. And everyone just didn't pay any attention. They wanted the guy who just broke 800 things and like that. You know? And so they have a little meeting. And then the guy, they're going to make the big announcement. All right, who is the greatest master of all? And all the guys are puffing up. You know, they're doing like flips. And then the old man's just standing in the corner. And they called the old man out. And everyone fl flips out. Jesus Christ, I've been doing this for 40 years. Look at the size of these things. And then they said, oh, master, tell us what was, what was occurring. And he says, well, the whole point was, every time the sparrow, it needs something to push off of, to take off. Every time it was ready to push off, I was prior to that. And I just let go imperceptibly. No one could even see it. But his hand just moved prior to the push, so the sparrow couldn't take off. So it was totally wild, but it was as if it was tamed, yeah? And that was the greatest feat, yeah? that sense of priorness. So the selfing, the me, needs something to push off of. It pushes off of, with the identification as a body, that's what it pushes off of, and then it catapults into the realm of me, and then that me can appear as this body somewhere else at some other time. And the mind can get consumed and fixated over what's going to happen to this you, but it's not held as a you, it's held as me. 
Yeah? If it was held as a you, it would lose interest in pretty quickly. But because it's me, the interest tends to get wedded to that idea of the me as this you, and then it's thought about quite quite a lot. Yeah? Tons of stuff has gone over, over and over and over again. How does this apply to me? Where its only application is to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, the solution, if there was a sense of the you, you'd probably get that solution very quickly. The other solution to me is 50 years of study because this, the me doesn't want a solution. Yeah? The me can only appear to be the me yeah? through the identification of, with, of, with the you, but cannot bear any illumination of the I. No fucking way. That's why the thought system is of time. So it doesn't have, in a sense, you can be here, which you are, all the time, and yet not notice it one bit. The mind can, your attention can be consumed in this little pursuit of time, how you're viewed in time. Because you as a me is not viewed now. It's viewed in time. It's viewed through the lens of time. When the mind thinks about me, it's viewed through the lens of time. You cannot have a free moment and only in the moment. It's always bookended with the past and the future. You're like a three-book set. It's never the book of now. It's the book of now totally, totally downloaded with the there and then. So this isn't about getting rid of the you. The you's got its purpose here. It's the action figure. It's not about getting rid of the I. It's impossible to get rid of the I. And it's not about getting rid of the me. It's about realizing the me isn't what we take it to be. Yeah? It's not the you with the attributes of I. It is not. Yes? The I has its attributes. The you has its attributes. Those attributes do not meld into the me. <laughs> You'll know it by its fruits. You know, you'll see, you'll know it by its absence, in a sense. When the selfing lifts, or the emphasis, when your attention and interest is freed sufficiently from that preoccupation, you'll know that preoccupation was the dilemma, in a sense. Yeah? You'll see it all in its absence. You'll see all of the, where it tends to be the cause of all these effects by their absence. You don't learn really while they're going on, but you really know what's, in a sense, like they say, hey, what has defeated you by the solution. And the solution is that the problem is imaginary. It's an act of a mental process. It has to be continually going on, reinforced, yes? Always, it never sustains in and of itself. It's sort of like a movement that can never climax. Because the whole point is to become a self. It's like, for me, it's the basis of all other desires. It's the desire to become. Yeah? Or to unbecome. You have a lot of ideas about you, as a me, that you'd rather not be. So there's a huge desire to unbecome those ideas. And then there's all these ideas that if you were just that, you would probably be great. Yeah? And there's a huge desire to become that. There's no completion. So you're trying to unbecome and you're trying to become. Not you, but the mind, yeah? 
yet it can never have a climax. It can never have a climax and then there's rest, because it's only agitation, because it never rests, it never finds fulfillment. And what happens if you're not finding fulfillment, or the mind's not finding fulfillment, it seeks relief, yeah? And if it seeks relief, and that relief doesn't have the capability of quenching the first thirst, that relief turns into an addiction. And then it leads to other addictions, because none of them can complete the mission. None of them are going to make you become what that mind wants to become, a self. So that's why the addiction continues. You'll never get to a point in an addiction where it actually creates a long-lasting satisfaction. I've never seen it in my life, anyway. I would have loved that one time after 8,000, I don't know, 80,000 shots of Coke that I just might got it once, you know? I gave the rest that I had with me away and never have to shoot again. Oh, thank you, everyone. Become like a philanthropist with my coat. Yes, yes, yes. Take it, take it. I hope you finally reach this sort of nirvanic state I'm in. It's worked. I'm satisfied. The inherent problem is fulfilled. I have become a self. I am a self. If you actually were one, would you be thinking so much about it, your mind? I wouldn't imagine it wouldn't be. I think it would be just be living from it. But it can't live from it. It can only be thought about. You can't live from self because it's not a solid, real thing. And it's not a non-solid, no thing. It's just a mental phantom that you weren't even in till 18 months of your little, quote-unquote, life here. So, if we seem to have grown into it, why not outgrow it now? It had a perfect answer to that. Well, when you're identified as a self, you'll be thinking you're the one that's leaving the self. So wherever you go on your traipsing away from self, that's selfing. <laughs> it's a foolproof system it has. It locks you. It's the only one lock, because it gets you, and then usually it's never questioned after that. Yeah. Now self thinks it's spiritual and like that. But if you could just question, and with that understanding, oh, so self can't get out of self. So the, the important point is not to hear the message that you're a lion, but to see what's hurting. Yeah? Did sheep ears hear the message? Because if it does, it's going to be turned into, I can become like a lion. Now, maybe in a very gross way or a subtle way, but it's going to change the message. The immediacy of the message, you are that which you're seeking, will be sort of displaced, will be set uh, on pause. Yeah? And then the self thing will take over and claim it. And now we'll be, I can become like a lion. Yeah. So the first one is, okay, you see the condition that you're in, seemingly, and it's not satisfactory. But the second clincher is, if you try to move out of it, that's another form of being in it. If you're still identified with the thing that's driving you crazy. Yes? There's no you being driven crazy, but what's driving crazy. Yeah? So then now you know the second one. Yeah? Why not, you hear the first click, okay, I've learned what's defeated me. Pretty good click. But the second click is a really nice one. Because that's the, that's the, that's like the double lock, is the second one. Once you realize that self can't get out of self, your approach may not be an approach anymore. You may see that there's nothing I need to do. 
Because what I'm looking for by doing and having, what I'm trying to become by doing and having, I am already that. And therefore, if I'm already that, any doing and having would deny that fact, wouldn't it? No matter how subtle and great the doing was and the having of tons of experiences, in a sense, they would be a denial of my own nature. Yeah? Even though I was polishing the secondary nature of a spiritual attainment very much and getting a nice buff on it and a nice reflection, it would still be a little distorted because you are that which you're polishing. Maybe the dust that you think's on the mirror is in the eye of the beholder. Maybe if you stop walk, if you walked away with, with that rag that you're using to polish mine, you may see mine is quite clear and bright, just as it is right now. <laughs> What's getting in the way is your big head, you know, Paul. <coughs> It's like you're yelling at someone in the theater, and then you realize it's your head that's blocking the whole screen. Hey, you with the big head, get down. Oh, fuck, it's me. <laughs> that's it. The beautiful thing is, oh, fuck, it's me, and I'm not that. Yeah? It's not, oh, it's me. Yeah? That's the, that is like the gas between the first lock and the second lock. You've got to follow it with, and I'm not that. Yeah? When you get, oh, it's me that's done this whole thing. Oh, now you're in that, the first lock you're squeezed out of, so to speak. And then in that pause, you've got to follow with the second lock going, but I'm not that. Just like in alcoholism. If you don't admit to your innermost self that you're an alcoholic, you'll be living like one most of the time. So in a sense, your denial of what's going on has to be an antidote needs to be used on it, which is acceptance. Okay, I'm going to let it just collapse in on me. I am, I am screwed. You know? I am completely demoralized. And in that, yes, so now you've, now you've finally admitted what you are, but following it up, and, and I'm not that. But to try to say you're not that while you're identified as that doesn't work. You have to, okay, let it hit, let it drop in, and all that stuff you've been trying to avoid and deny and disassociate from, you let it really hit in and take it totally to be yourself, and then you're not that. That's, that's a different kind of denial. It's not a mental denial, which actually, what, what, you're, what you're resisting persists. It's like a spiritual denial, which has an incredible effect. The mental denial is you really believe you're something, you don't want to be something. Your main drive is not to become some, that something, and you tend to act like it all day. Yeah? Just like if you don't want to be a fraud, you're afraid to be a fraud, you'll feel like one thousands of times. Yeah? Yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. If something about you is touchy, it's because there's a belief, and no matter what someone says, that mind, you're, that mind will twist it into making it to be a threat to that belief. Or a verification. Oh, I am really whatever. Yes? This is mind. The conditional mind. You can see it. But the, to see it is to... It's like that idea of self-knowledge. It avails you nothing. You think that it would avail you a lot if you had self-knowledge. But it doesn't because any knowledge claimed by selfing 
yet will never lead to freedom from self. It's when knowledge, it's like Ramana Maharshi says, to know God is to be God. It's like that. It's a very incredible, different kind of knowledge where in my life to know something was to be the knower of it. Yeah? That's nothing like what he was saying. To know something is to be the knower of it. To love something is to be the lover of it. He's saying way beyond anything, to know God is to be God. Yeah? To know truth is being the truth. That's the, that's, the, that's the form of knowledge concerning truth, is to be it. The form of knowledge concerning what you are is to be it. Not to know yourself really well, but to be it. Yeah. And the fact is, because you cannot be self, you can only be appearing to be self. Yes. But what you are, you can truly be, because you are that. Yeah? It's not... Uh, it's not a process to try to acquire or to come to the point where there's a completion. You are already inherently what you are. There's no need to do and have yourself into it. You are it. Yeah? So to know what you are is to be what you are. And if you want to call it the truth and make it something other than you, that's not the truth. To know the truth is to be the truth. To know peace is to be peace. To comprehend the word serenity is to be serenity. That's how you comprehend it. You, you totally go all around it. You realize it's not outside the circle of what you are. You are that. You are that aspect of what they call serenity. You are peace. You are all this. It's not a force outside of you that you have to jockey to get towards or get on its good side. It's inherently all of what you are. Just different aspects of it. And it doesn't have anything to do with time. Though it may seem to ripen over time, the time doesn't ripen it. The ripening is an appearance. Yes? The downloads are of, of timelessness. It's like, to know God, and then it takes a lot of time to be God. No, no, no. That's not what he said. He said to know God is to be God. He didn't say to know God is to spend eight lifetimes and then you'll finally be God. Yeah? First you've got to start with the, I slightly know God. Then I think I'm getting to know him better. Now I'm getting intimate with God. Then I'm a lover of God. Then I'm hoping for union of God. And oops, I can't be God. Why? Because I'm already something else. Paul. This is so quicker. You're not Paul, so when you know God, that's being God. <laughs> because you're not something prior to being God called being Paul. The Paul, the middle man and woman has been taken out, so to know is to be. <laughs> and to be is to know. Let's see what's happening here. I'm even getting excited tonight. I love it. I love possibility. Because here in the appearance, in the manifestation, there are structures of possibility. Yeah? There are limitations as a figure, as an action figure. But in a sense, even though the mind will live in, in, in limitation, it's not of limitation. Yeah? In other words, the limitation 
those seems to be, have a structure where manifestation occurs, but what's actually what we are is not in the manifestation. It's of something else. Timelessness. It has a whole nother structure of possibility. Like I, uh, for since I was got sober, I was pretty. I thought I was pretty ill quite a lot of time physically. Yeah. Then I started seeing this lady the last couple of years, and I've gotten better, a lot better. But it's most my 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 mind, my conditional mind is still located in that past idea that I'm sick. Yes. It's really funny how out of date it can be. Yeah, when the whole parade has moved on, it's still on Thirty Third Street. It still thinks it's <laughs> this is the way it is, and it and it doesn't like to give up with that idea. Now it doesn't need to give up the idea as long as it's not the feeling that it's me that has that idea. Yeah, let it have, let it be representing many ideas as long the thing as long as, long as that little cardboard picture doesn't become life, flesh, and blood of this you. Yeah, yeah. And slowly but surely, even those opinions are changing. The mind's opinion about itself as a me related to a body has to change because things are looking different. I feel better. <laughs> and you're thinking, I'm saying, well, I'm too old to start feeling better. I feel, you know, I'm down on the other side of the hill. It should be going down, down, down. But it's, I'm much healthier now than I was when I was 20 something years old as a body. This is a whole fucking new possibility. Yeah. Now, my mind didn't entertain that. My conditional mind, what drove me to see that lady had nothing to do with Paul. Yeah. But what's happening is undermining that, that pretense of Paul. Some of its last like platforms it can stand on, which is the bad condition of the body to, uh, to uh, have its interest and attention in is being removed. Yeah. It's like the, the son of me has no place to rest its head. It's going to become a vagabond. Yeah. So it's surprising. At any time, things can surprise the hell out of you. Yeah. Just like when people go into recovery, they used to say, write out the things you'd like to see in your life for your, for your first year. And usually, if they after a year they pull out that paper, they see they had shortchanged themselves dramatically, yeah, because something else had a much bigger picture in mind, yeah. The mind has accessed that little modality coming not from self-centeredness, and that little modality is just blowing the self-centered modality apart. The self-centered modality can't can't fit itself around anything and claim it quick enough. Yeah? The coincidences and the choreography just keep happening where the me is so out of step. It seems so ridiculous after a while. Yeah? Even listening to it as if it was a distant echo, it's coming out of a bygone era. It's so fucking old. Yeah? It's like a siren song that's really tinny. It has... It's so... doesn't come up with anything new. 
It's a, it just treats, it just brings up the same old, same old. Yeah? If you're not that, what the hell are you going to find yourself to be? Who knows, yeah? Today I was walking on the beach. 